Like I, you know, I've just now had like extra time to do stuff. It's, mm -hmm. it's been long, uh, just with the semester and everything. All right, man. We're live. So you feel good about the semester being over? You ready to like start fresh with back to? Is it gonna be back to normal next year, or what's this? Uh, yeah, you know, no mask mandate or anything like that. It's just now on, on campus. Um, dude, it's, what's crazy to me is I've been out for about ten days. Mm -hmm. And I have no idea how I'm able to like work there. Cause I've been doing so much stuff since I've been off. It's insane. I wonder, you know, uh, I was talking to Michael Ward. Dude, what's that guy up to? Uh, he actually started helping us uh, at the office some. Oh, and wow. And I was telling him where I was going today. And, he, and I was like, he's he he's like, I was him, he's like, still doing the gym? I'm like, he is. He's like, is that all he does? I'm like, amazingly, no. Somehow he also is a history professor. Uh, yeah, that's a full plate. It is, man. Um, and like we got instructed, like McMillan's out of town, mm -hmm. and then Jeff Woods is. Um, his wife's going to Georgetown Law for this human rights. Uh, I'm, I'm not really sure exactly what she's doing, so I don't mm -hmm. know. Like, it, it, it seems awesome. And I think it's like a, a PhD. She's already an attorney. That's amazing. So it's some it's some sort of advanced degree. Yeah, it may, may just be a master's, but. Um, so they're they're leaving for like nine months. So he taught the noon class for like the last three years. Yeah. So McMillan's out of town. So I'm teaching the morning, noon, and evening jujitsu right now. Wow. Uh, been working cool. in the studio. Uh, well, getting uh, caught up. You recently? Sorry, I don't know all the language. You promoted recently. It's true. Yeah. yeah. What uh, was that? First degree in jujitsu. That's so cool. Thanks. You know what's interesting is jujitsu. Um, every other art. Mm -hmm. you, you become a white belt, and that is the first degree. Jiu-Jitsu is like, no, bro, not only does this take way longer, it's not a first degree. <laughs> like, really? Yeah, so, like so my it's judo, like, it's like first black degree. belt zero. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. That's interesting. I think that's so amazing. Yeah, I'm about to test for, um, do you know who Bill Wallace is? No. Superfoot? Mm -hmm. um, he's the guy who found Belushi dead, the Blues oh, brother. Wow. Yeah, he was this trainer. Jeez. Um, but so he's he's like 76 years old. He's he's he is like one of the guys that, that's like people credit kickboxing to that guy in his generation, but particularly he was undefeated, he was the man. Wow. But I'm testing for uh with him June fifth. No kidding. So what is that? It's a first like? degree. You go somewhere? Memphis. Yeah. Nice. He used to train Elvis too. No kidding. Yeah. I'm not going to the Graceland. Dude, I loved Elvis so much when I was growing up. The video store in Clarksville had an Elvis section. Oh, wow. It's hard to imagine. Which, which video store? Like the, main one, video? the one over behind where Taco Bell is now in Clarksville. Ooh, the video superstore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, not the big one. Oh. It was the little one first. Yeah, yeah. And then it ended up becoming like a movie gallery for a minute, right? Yeah. Or, or, and it was kind of like a regional corporate thing for a while, but yeah. there was like a small one over there. That a whole Elvis section. It's hard to imagine a superstar being that big, as big as Elvis was then. I know, I, yeah. Well, I mean, so I never got super into Elvis. Like, what year? Like, this 50s, right? Yeah, I think that was his heyday. So, what year did like the the rise of the Beatles take place? That would be 63, right? 63. What about Dylan? Similar. Before he had the band, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, like turned. Dylan, just by himself, would be like sixty-four-ish, depending on how hip you were. 
Yeah, so I was just, yeah, that's, you always see that, like, uh, I saw some meme the other day, and a girl was, like, losing it, like, oh, and I was like, that's me at a Panic concert. Yeah, yeah. Did they come out with a new album? Widespread Panic? Uh-huh. They came out with a little EP, like, uh, two songs. Um, one that was new, and one we'd heard live yeah. a few times. Man, the, the rumor is that they're, like, they, they, as soon as they got the clear, and I guess they all got vaccines, mm -hmm. like, Dude, they're scheduling so many shows. I'm just I've like, seen a lot of that. Of like, well, I mean, their whole life is built on touring, yeah. and so to go a whole year without it, that's rough. And Same like, with like theaters, people who like live in New York, the whole theater industry. Oh, oh like um, orchestras. Yeah, like I've read a, a couple mm -hmm. articles about like when it all began. There was some traveling orchestra that got like stranded in Germany for like a month or something. Right. <laughs> yeah, like they, they like everything got I mean, closed down. It's not funny. It's just the whole last year. I was reading the Stephen King book, and he had a quote about something. It, it wasn't related to this at all, but it, he said, he, I think he was talking about high school. And if you think back about high school and how weird it is, you know, Let me zoom out a little bit, dude. Your head's kind of cut off. Oh, sorry, I'm sorry. I'm mostly torso. Yeah. Just a second. Keep talking. So. He was talking about high school. This character in this book was talking about high school and how weird it is. But it made, I've, I've been saying it about the pandemic and that the whole last year is just so weird. If we hadn't all lived through it, who would believe it? Like if we hadn't all gone through it together, no one would believe the story of businesses were shut down. I mean, I shut down for six weeks, right, dude, right after I bought this one. Like, I was like, I was sitting here, and then, let's compound that by the fact with, yeah. like, I mean, Thurman and I did a whole podcast about this, like, like, oh, hey, um, it's, uh, it's George Floyd riot day, let's, uh, let's go on Facebook, and, and let's type in any city, Washington, Baltimore, just all these different cities, and, like, you, like, somebody like you or me is there live streaming, so, like, there was all this angst. It like it was the uh -huh. pandemic, and then like serious social unrest. Yeah. So like, uh, what an anxious time. It's just it really is indescribable. Mm -hmm. Just how much was going on. People had no idea what to do. It transitioning presidential administrations. It's just like everything that could be crazy was just all stacking on top of it. So I really got just like fatigue. Like I got scandal fatigue. Yeah. Like I, I normally like keep up with the news and know what's going on yeah, and yeah, try to stay informed. But at some point I just got to the point where I was just like, I can't, I can't, I don't have the bandwidth to keep up with all this all the time. Does anyone? I know. Like, how, like, you know, like what I thought, like, while he was in office, like, how does Donald Trump, like, keep up, like, with everything? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think that was part of his strategy was just, like, flood the, flood the, flood everything with so much stuff that nothing can be taken seriously or, or comprehended. Because stuff that would be, like, term-defining scandal for any other president is just like, oh, it's just a Tuesday now i know i mean and so it's, it's like you, kind of you just can't keep up with it and then eventually i'm just like yeah i don't care you know and it's like you have like my or you have like your super liberal friends who are like oh my gosh i can't believe that and i'm like i know man you're like, with us right I, i'm like dude i'm like i 
I get it, but I also I just like I'm not saying I don't care. I just I I'm I'm officially marked for being outraged, but I can't be I can't live in that state constantly for years and years at a time. Like it's it's not helpful. This is your same argument for Star Wars. Yeah. yeah I mean, really, like which is it's functional. Like honestly, like there's no mental health associated with how I view Star Wars. <laughs> You know, it's like, like all, like every, every conversation we've ever had about it is, is not doing anything for me. Right. But it's like in your heart, you know, that you're right. Yeah. But but, but you, you, the way you approach it is like, I'm just like, it's fun. Yeah. Which it is. But it should be, it should be. And I, sometimes we just, you know, arguing and I, I overplay uh, because some stuff is kind of like. Uh, and so it's like, man. That, so I do think the the whole thing with Star Wars is that I think the original, and this is heresy, maybe. I think the original trilogy is like slightly overvalued. It is, and we talked and, about that. And so it makes the standards impossibly high. Then Disney comes in, they kind of botch some of the stuff, and then it's like. Um, but I just, I don't know what franchise is perfect to the level that we sometimes wish Star Wars was perfect at. Well, you know, Corey and I watched uh, New Hope and uh, Empire just recently. Mm -hmm. And then somebody, I think, on the podcast was like, pull up what the fight scene with Obi-Wan and what Vader should have been. Like somebody redid it, like oh, like really? beyond, like you know how people give shit to Lucas for redoing stuff and yeah. with the '97 through mm -hmm. 2000 release or whatever, which was when I was a kid. Yeah, you know? but and it's like, yeah, I kind of guess like that's what you decided to do with all the technology. Right. And then it's like you fast forward to like Avatar, but then now it's like Brian and Josh could get together and remix that scene. I know, There's and a, it's badass. Yeah, I know. It just. Um, like I watched The Sopranos recently. I'd never seen it. I got one. I've tr I've started it. I gotta I gotta get back. And okay, so that's interesting because early on it's not great television. And I was like, what's the deal with Sopranos? Everyone talks about it. I never, you know, it. And so I put it on when I'm doing color correcting because I just kind of have something on. I'm kind of mindlessly going through mm -hmm. adjusting all the color levels and stuff. And then the first like season or two is like very old-fashioned television where each episode kind of stands on its own it's a completely self-contained story then the next episode nothing that happened in the previous episode has any bearing on it's like that story's completely gone like they'll introduce a character do a whole thing with them and then the next episode that guy never even existed you know it's like it's like murder she wrote it's like a monster of the week in x-files yeah, it's kind of like that, especially early on in X-Files, yeah, yeah. where it's like, you know, like Murder, She Wrote, she's involved randomly with like 600 murders personally, which in real life would be insane. But it's like you watch each week on its own. You're probably not even going to see each week because you have to watch it live when it's come, when it comes out. So you just kind of each episode is kind of self-contained. It's like a cute little story in this premise. And so that's how The Sopranos starts. It's like, here's one little story inside New Jersey mob family. And it's it just all kind of goes on its own, and it's lower budget, 
and it's kind of cheesy. And then like halfway through the third season or so, they start doing like little three story arcs. And it's like, oh, now we're gonna like stretch this out a bit. Or we got like we got like a whole character story with one guy and his girlfriend that lasts the whole season. And it's like you can see modern television forming in real time mm -hmm. as they're figuring out what to do with this. Well, what are the dates on that? Like starting end? I don't know. Like 97 or something like that? I think like 98 to 20. I don't yeah. know. I have to look it up. But it, it's like it completely morphs to where like the last two seasons, which they actually call 6A and 6B, because I guess no one had ever done that before where they had a one long story over two full seasons. So they, they call it 6A and 6B, where it's one beautiful, amazing story. Yeah. Got to the last episode. I was like physically shaking. I was so wrapped up in this story. It ended so perfectly. Oh, wow. I, I, I was so amazed. I, I quit watching it for like, after like the third or fourth season, I was like, okay, I get it. They, New Jersey mobsters, they kill people sometimes, they have girlfriends, whatever. Like, and then I heard Ron Howard say on a podcast that it changed television forever. I mean, I've heard and so people I, say so much. So I went back to it and finished it and saw that this transformation, because now all television is like that. Breaking Bad is like that. Yeah, yeah, they did five, the six, eight, six, five eight, seasons, one story. So, like, that wouldn't have happened like, you know, in the nineties with like cheers. Cause it's like just each episode is just one little story and that's it. It's the same characters. It's the same universe, but it's not like a one long story. No one thought of television that way because you couldn't sit down and watch it all at once all together. Yeah, no, that is that that's the biggest game changer. It's like you couldn't binge things before. Mm -hmm. Right. And but you might miss four weeks at a time. So you couldn't keep a story going, yeah. you know, I guess Dallas, Dallas would have, Dallas had the big cliffhanger of who shot the JR. Mm -hmm. That would have been, but that, you know, that's more of like a gimmick to get people to come back out to the next season than one long story. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 99 to 07 is what it said. Yeah. yeah. So that definitely is like transformation of old TV. Cause even yeah. like Seinfeld, our friends it's kind of like each episode is kind of mostly on its own you know watch that uh friends uh reunion i've never actually watched much friends more of a sound yeah i don't not like friends i just yeah i mean i've seen the whole the whole uh series a couple of times mm -hmm. but i mean i'll probably probably watch a new one yeah you know what i did start watching while well, i was watching my ducks oh fantastic the show the show i need to watch that. it's not super but it's very nostalgic. Like I, you know, I love those movies so much. So I, they did a good job of just like pushing the nostalgia button in my brain's like, yeah. That's like Cobra Kai. Yeah, 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 exactly. And so uh, the lady from Gilmore Girls is in it. Uh, the, mom the mom or whatever, yeah, yeah. And so the show's kind of like just okay. And then she's fantastic. Like she carries the show. She's so funny. She's so like, nuanced of an actor even in like a silly kind of sitcom setting and she just 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 delightful and so i'm like well i guess i have to watch gilmore girls now like i've, I've watched a few seasons and i'm obsessed with it i think it's so fun I, my wife always watched it i i always kind of like 
kid her about it over her shoulder, like I would see her watching it, and she'd be like, oh, Gilmore Girls. And uh, I think it's so funny. I think, like, it's just so wholesome. I yeah. I love it so much. Yeah, it's um, it, uh, Core and I watch it. You know what? Uh, Core and I got into there for a while and watched a few seasons of like like a long time ago. This is seven, eight, nine years ago, something. Uh, the uh, Pretty Little Liars. You ever see that one? Pretty Little Liars. Yeah. Now, what is that? Maybe it's Pretty Little Lies. Pretty Little Lies. Huh. It's about it's about these girls and uh, they're all friends in high school and. Huh. I think one of them's like banging her teacher, and you know, there's this guy. A, how this, often that this, happens in TV shows, dude. Casually, Corner were watching. So, oh, oh, dude, Cruel Intentions. Holy shit, Cruel Intentions. Um, there's a scene in uh, what's that Valley Girl show, Clueless? Yeah, yeah. there's uh, there's an angle of that in that movie. I think that is just like a casual storyline of like, oh. Mr. Howard, <laughs> Ooh, I knew I knew look into that. Yeah. You know, it is just like that's so yeah, that's so odd. Or Ten Things I Hate About You, maybe that's a great one. I love that man. Yeah, there's a whole scene where she distracts the professor. Oh yeah, yeah. lifting yeah. her shirt up, yeah. and it's just like, oh yeah, that's so funny. And then now you watch it, and you're like, ah, what's yeah. happening? Yeah, you know, but like I was, I was trying to understand this. Like when I talk about cool intentions, there's like insane stuff with with within that movie and it's just basically a movie about a bunch of teenagers just having tons of sex yeah like which is not unrealistic it's not but it's just crazy how big of a movie that was at the time uh-huh. and then like you know for the audience of like that came out when i was a teenager so i was like oh yeah i'm, I'm the audience at that time right. but you think about you being the audience now or like 40 uh-huh. year olds at the time it's kind of yeah like, <coughs> and then um, it's odd. I saw a thing saying that teenagers in general are having less sex now. Shit, they're not even getting their driver's licenses. Yeah, and it's only yeah because there's just like less <coughs> less secrecy, I guess, or let like it's like they know more younger, and then they're just like so there's not the big like it's not off limits. Yeah, yeah, so it's like, they don't have, you know, it's like you want to do whatever you're not supposed to do, especially when you're 17. Yeah. And so it's like, Oh, okay. No, that's fine. Oh, no, yeah. I, don't, I don't need that. Yeah, that's wild. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. You know, but this sort of um, shift, like you're talking about the shift in TV, but, but what we have to also realize is like 99. So, you know, you really had the acceleration of the internet within the general public from, right. let's say, 95 forward, like really starting right. like 95 through 98. And then I'd say you get an uptake, uptick 98 through 2000 mm-hmm. there. But it's like, I, I mean, I um, we're unique in that I was about eight years old when, when all this starts taking place. Right. You like know? I remember having a computer that didn't have the internet. Yeah. I remember not having a computer. I remember getting one. It was a big deal, but did not have the internet. And then you dial up. Then you got that. <laughs> that's going to sound great in people's yeah. ears. Uh, yeah, so then you had the slow internet. Then you got the fast internet, and that was a big deal. And Facebook comes along 04-ish, 02, depending on what college yeah, yeah, you were yeah, yeah. at. Yeah. yeah. I remember being in high school, and I graduated in 06. So, like, I remember it being 05, like, before mm-hmm. it, it being out. And you had to be on a college campus at first. 
and speak. Yeah. And then that really accelerated like everyone sharing everything they do on the internet, MySpace and Facebook. But um, it is wild because I think I had a train of thought and I lost it. Um, that just happens all the time on this podcast. <laughs> uh, so, dude, so I was thinking this earlier, but um, well, we we're just talking about all these things changing where, where you know, yeah. like we should just be enjoying the Sopranos and Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, the, yeah, you're saying that we kind of like learn, we kind of grew up as the internet grew up, like parallel. And then like the people older than us were already grown and never figured out how to use the internet. <laughs> like they still use Facebook and stuff, but they botch it all the time. They can't tell the difference between what's real news and what's not real. Like they, anything that's put in front of them, they assume is true. Like they just have, they can't, they, they trust Walter Cronkite so much. Like they, they told me being out of bed. Yeah, he was right. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't believe it at first, but trusty Walter told me. Yeah, so like they, like they just struggle with the internet because they had already grown and been set in their ways. Then the internet comes along and they start using it. We kind of grew up parallel to it, and we're like pretty good with it, but we're still like struggle when it changes like yeah, facebook, oh yeah resistance to like change. facebook changes their homepage and we're all like ah, why does it do that but like people my daughter's age they haven't ever known anything different I, that's that blows my mind like they, to they, think about that. they've never not been able to facetime their grandma in texas that's just that that's not revolutionary to them that's the same thing as like calling grandma on the phone like mm -hmm. just a, and so they're so savvy with it. They're so savvy with finding good information, calling out bad information. Like I, I truly think they can save the internet that generation. Yeah, well, because the contrast of those generations in the same space mm -hmm. is is really the reason. And then you get this intermediary generation, right? And they are so good with it because it's all they've ever known. It's just like getting dressed to them. It's not something they're like, it's not something new to them. Like it is even kind of to us, like, Ooh, the internet's new and cool. The internet just is for them. And so they, they're really good with it. They're really smart. They're very critical thinkers. And like, if you get on TikTok and see the way that they share information with each other and call out bad information, it's, it really, gives me hope, honestly, that it's like, cause after like the last couple of election cycles and all the bad information and how it's just like a big blanket over everything that we, I was like, we're, we're never gonna, like, this is the tipping point. Like, this is the end of civilization. Like, it, I, dude, like I how, thought the how, black death hit How can we recover it. from it? You know, cause it's just like, if people don't believe that there is true information and false information, like, and, and that can be sorted out. How can we ever do anything? But like, then they, these kids come along, and they have no time for BS. They have they they're really nice to each other at the same time in a weird way. Um, and it's I think it's amazing. Yeah, man. You, uh, I was saying about this earlier. You know, you're talking about just like the 
the the angst of the space that we're talking about. Um, but I remember the fitness center that I worked out with uh, at St. Mary's before it closed down mm -hmm. permanently. It's closed down all the way. Yep, got my eighteen dollar reimbursement check. But uh, so I remember I'd go in there five thirty in the morning. I'd be on the um, like all this stuff's going on my over the last year, and I would get on the elliptical. Like this is like right before the pandemic. Remember that we um, the the United States uh, killed that terrorist guy. Uh, yeah. Osama was, he, was he Iranian? Uh, no, that the drone strike. Trump, Trump did it. Trump. Trump oh, oh, it. the most recent one. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I said, I remember that, that was going on, and a play, but I, I literally know. got anxiety. I checked out though, like I. Wait, well, I okay, wish so I, I was on the have. elliptical, right? Yeah. So I would never plug into that, uh -huh. but it's like literally it was put in front of me. Yeah, I'm I was vaguely like, familiar oh. with what you're talking about, but I don't know anything. I, I forget the guy's name, but but yeah, they drone striked his ass and just mm -hmm. done. Uh, and I was just like, man, I don't want to start my day with this. And then like, that was before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Right. So it was like that, that and then pandemic election cycle, George Floyd, all that stuff. Yeah. But then uh, like just people arguing on the internet is what got me. I know. Right. And it's so wild because like, I don't know what the balance is between living with your head in the sand and being involved to help make positive change yeah. because it, I feel like the staying informed does nothing but make, keep me frustrated and angry all the time in the, with no traction, like with no, like, I don't know how to affect change to anything, but if I, but if I just live constantly angry and frustrated, that's not a good way to live. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I don't know, I haven't figured out how to stay informed and stay involved without living, yeah, being an emotional perturbed, like, continuously, mildly perturbed about every little thing I see. Yeah, I know that's the, and I'll say, I, I, um, I am less plugged into social media because I like, I mean, mm -hmm. a little bit more on just like the video side and like podcasts and like our YouTube yeah. channel, like I'm still pumping that, mm -hmm. but just like, I don't know, I got, we tell people help. I got two, two Hannahs that help with the no gym social media. They're both named Hannah? Yeah. The two Hannahs. That's convenient. Yeah. What, um, yeah, I mean, we use it for work too, so we have to be on it and I, like, so I don't really have an option of just being like, okay, I'm off social media for three weeks. So you and Cora send me great TikTok videos. <laughs> right. Dude, there's a lot of good content on TikTok, but it is addictive. Yeah, I know, right? So I, I try to take it in like small doses. Like I try to schedule out my day to where like, so intentionally I'm going to allow myself to do this for 15 minutes, you know, like from like 8 to 8.20. And then... If I am disciplined in doing that, I'll catch up on everything and then let it ride until like later in the afternoon. So if I do like two 20 minute little baths in, in the day and it's like, cause if you check it like it, you can check it like every 30 minutes, it's all new content. 
but you're then you're taking on the responsibility of like filtering through what's new and what's important and what's not important. But if you like put a little bit of space, it lets the better stuff bubble up to the top and you can kind of just catch the highlights. So like, I would love to get to a place where I could, I was like 10 minutes a day. And that way I'm kind of- How long have you been on it? This regimen? Yeah, just overall, like like two years, like like when it came out, like when did you- Oh, you plug, TikTok? Plugged into TikTok, yeah. Oh, well, I got on it when it first came out, um, just to kind of like, cause my daughter wanted to get on it. I just kind of wanted to see what it was about. And then, I, I mean, I really do not have self-control, like less than Bojack Horseman. And so I, it was like hours. I mean, it, when it first came out, I was just like, it's all I ever did for like three weeks. And then finally I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like it, you know, I'm like, I'm either gonna have to find a, a, a TikTok meeting, like, cause I can't, I do not have this. So I deleted off my phone. I didn't, I don't want anything. Then the whole, then people found out like China was tracking you or whatever. So I kind of used that as my excuse because I didn't want to tell people. No, I just have no, I know I have, I have no self-control. So I got off of it and then um, we wanted to try to use it for work. So I got back on it maybe six months ago and I've done better this time of just kind of like trying to do, you know, but I still have spurts of it where I'm just like, I, it's embarrassing. Like I'm embarrassed. No, I'm I don't. embarrassed of how much I spend on just social media in general. Yeah. Well, like I would say, like how I spend time scrolling and stuff, mm -hmm. and that, I think that like that's like less time like getting drawn into other stuff for commenting mm -hmm. or like making my views known somewhere else. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like, Hey, all right, we can just put that out on a podcast. Right. And that's the, tr the shift I've been trying to, to undergo is like, I, I think about it this way. We keep doing this podcast and it really, even on some of the gym stuff, like so many, it's like with the gym, social media and everything, so much stuff rolls in. Like, yeah, I can't even check all of it. That like all the gym emails and, and the different social media pages and right. Like it's just it's too much. Just staying up with that is a full time job. Yeah. 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 And then too, like what do you think about this? This is some and we may have talked about this, but um like getting people involved uh with your social media, like the two Hannahs do fantastic, like really freaking good job. But they're here every day. Yeah. They see. Yeah. They they like I, I like I'm like I was thinking about this. how can someone be a social media manager and run your brand and all this stuff that knows nothing about it. Mm -hmm. Like martial arts kind of a, is a niche thing right. that it would be extremely difficult for somebody to just roll in and, and offer uh, a, a service that, that wasn't plugged into the end, you know? Right. I, I really, I don't know. I understand so little about social media and how it works. I see that it's very effective for some people, but even the people that are effective with it, I don't think they know exactly why. Like, I don't think anyone can, I, I think people have some, I like can kind of guess, but just because someone's successful doesn't necessarily mean they know why, know. if that makes sense. Yeah. And so it's like, sometimes this happens like with writers where it's like, well, they've published several books. So people are like, well, what do you do? What's your process? And that becomes like the standard, but like, they may not even realize what their actual process is. They're just kind of talking off the top of their head. Yeah. And that may not be true. Like that, that may not work for you. But so I like, it's just such an, 
such a puzzle to me. And I, we try to spend time on it for our work, but then at the same time, it's like, if we're booked for the year, I don't want to spend more time on it than I have to. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Treat like, so like with like, cause sometimes I just like, I don't feel good after I'm on it for a long time. Right. And maybe that says, I, that's probably says more about me than social media itself or like Facebook as a thing, you know, like that's probably something I need to work out. But, um, I mean, it does feel like a, like a, a, an addiction sometimes yeah, where it's um, like, like, I don't want to do it. I think I it is. I can't stop myself from doing it. I feel like shit while I'm doing it. And then after I'm done, I want to do it again, even though it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's a classic, like alcoholic cycle. But then I'm just like, yeah, I'm definitely keeping this in my life. Or, or really any, any addiction, like, uh, like sex addiction, like yeah. any, anything like, like you, a drug mm-hmm. addiction, yeah. uh, like you, you're like, yeah, it feels great. Like, but Warnick, uh, he was on my podcast and talked about this a little bit. How can we pause for a yeah, second? Yeah, go ahead. <clears throat> What's up, buddy? Thanks. So cool. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Wait, that's your Yeah, I got it right here, buddy. Just in charge. Okay, so here we go. Can you come sit down right over here? I'm going to have another couple of chairs. And there's these stools right here, Josh. He wants to sit on either one of those on the table. Yeah. Okay. Because then we'll have a whole place. Okay. Uh, but you gotta have it on quiet, okay? Okay. But do you have any headphones I can use to? Or something like that? 
this work? Okay. This is on. It says. Yeah. Can you just do? Do you have a pair of headphones that's not um, slice through everything? Yeah. Like yeah, the three-quarter. You need the dongle or? Um, just like a regular headphone jack, I think is fine. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Oh, these studio headphones. Oh, yeah. perfect, yeah. Yeah, wow. we still got the 3.5 millimeter. Yeah, these iPads still. Jealous. Uh, I need a, I've got an older iPad that's great, but I think if I just put more memory in it, um, it, will, it will be even better. Yeah, they can be hard to open up. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Somebody's like, yeah, you can just add that. Yeah, you can. Okay, good? Thanks, sorry. Um, you guys hear that? No, we good. All right, you ready? What? You ready? Yeah. All right, we're gonna start. Okay. You gotta be quiet. Okay, buddy. Just kind of like our, our young Jamie and Joe Rogan. Yeah. Oh, is that? Yeah, can you watch that on TV? <laughs> <laughs> just like when he says, "You always miss out." Who's that? Get that up on the screen. Just, Who's the, yeah. Who's that know? guy on the Barstool Sports? Yeah, I don't know. That young guy. Yeah, I, I can't keep up. How does Joe Rogan put out so much content? He he has a um, a staff of like fifty people. Well, he has at least a, a couple or three guys, but um, it just takes a lot. Of, like I'm, I've got a guy um, curating my YouTube channels right now, putting yeah. thumbnails and everything, doing edits and uploads and all that. Yeah, and. Um, that really is the way to do it. I know, dude. I'm like, I this, like working at the university. Now that I'm not doing it, I'm like, how do I do that? Yeah. Well, we, we hired someone full-time in the office, and it's just like... Wait, so you have an office, like, away from your house? Though? No, it's just in... There's, like... Right now, it's in my basement because I'm redoing it. Mm -hmm. But it's, like, kind of like a mother-in-law suite at the mm -hmm. house. And so we, we're making that an office with... It's got it's got its own bathroom and everything so yeah yeah but it's the only way to you just gotta like trust people to do do good stuff well and delegate with them and yeah. then too um 
Yeah, this is my struggle. I have a lot of people helping and I'll have like my standard, which I'm not able to carry out. That's why I have people helping. And then like just being okay with people not like being patient. Right. People not being able to get there. Yeah. And it's like if it's if it's 90 percent, is that acceptable? Yeah, it just depends on the task. Continued progress is acceptable. Yeah. Like that's that's how I like to work. Like with this with this guy doing my editing, I'm like uh, today I was like, yeah, dude, um, come messed up on these. Uh, well, yeah. I try to think of it as like even if even if someone's helping me working at a quarter of the speed that I could do. Yeah. So in a one day, he does a quarter of what I've done. By the end of the week, that's like giving me a whole extra day. Through, like I'm technically a and then, month ahead on uploads on the gym channel. Yeah, yeah. So then, like over the course, like if he gets better progressively, and he's working like half of the productivity that I'm able to edit, that's like two full day, two almost three full days a week. Yeah, and that's amazing. Yeah, it is. It is. I'm gonna. Um, I'm just messing around with the screen, stream yard thing. I'm gonna show you on the TV while we're. Uh, oh yeah. I, man, this thing mirrors so seamlessly. Hold on. Oh, let's mute that. Okay. I said it can mirror seamlessly. I can remember how to do it. Oops. That's uh, not it. This TV is great, though. I'll show you on the screen if I can. Is this pulled up? Um, you, do you, you guys use Adobe for your edits or what? A little bit. My wife does Adobe for photos. Okay. She uses Lightroom mostly. We don't do heavy Photoshopping for photos. Yeah. Um, so she uses Lightroom. I don't prefer Adobe for video. I don't. I. It's not very stable. What do you like it's using? Very memory heavy. Memory intensive. It crashes all the time. Like, seriously, not exaggerating. Every time I see someone complaining about their video editing software, it's Adobe. Yeah, uh, I just started using Adobe Spark, and um, I really. Um, this is live right yeah, now. Yeah, this, yeah, we're live. I didn't know. It was yeah, sorry. I should have told you. I'm sorry. No, it's um. But yeah, I just like I threw the background up when you walked out, and then too, I had this little thing where it says "laughing around." I was supposed to be doing that, but it was like, yeah, it was like showing the the stock text for the first. But see, so what? This is saving me time because you know what? I'm gonna have to upload this later. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna download the YouTube video and strip the audio off of it and put that on my audio host. That's clever. So like that cuts out hours. Yeah. Now I just need to get. Um, ahead on scheduled episodes mm -hmm. and have my guy come back in behind me and do thumbnails for the podcast and so yeah. kind of as they come that out. really is smart of like just figuring out how to be efficient yeah with repeatable processes and then it's like you i'm resistant to that because i'm like i gotta be creative or whatever yeah but it's like but really it's like you still find creativity within parameters 
And so it's like setting up repeatable processes where you can be efficient and get stuff done and not waste time. And then you find the moments of creativity with it. For real. It's kind of, you know, maybe finding like that. I don't know. It's like you got to know what you're doing. No, like like you it's the several things I do. It's, it's the muse maybe. I don't know. Yeah. But like uh, with making thumbnails or, or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Because uh, that's what got me thinking about this too. Is just uh, that I sort of use Adobe. Because that, that's going to be the same every time. It's just yeah. like that's a repeatable thing you can do every time. So you don't have to like reinvent the podcast by choosing the right thumbnail. Mm -hmm. like yeah, that. exactly. You just have to change. The you text. just got to do it. You, yeah, yeah. You just got to do it as fast as you can. And I would, dude. I would argue it is ten times faster doing it on this phone. Some stuff is. It's insane how I can just I can go to YouTube Studio, take a screenshot, pull it from my photos into Adobe Spark, hmm. and I've got a few different ones in there that I use for just different things. And like we just got the process rolling, but like I was doing like in Photoshop, like I'd have the thumbnail in there, and like it just was not yeah is user friendly is this app for and it's like hey do you want to put this on instagram youtube whatever just click whichever one you want and we will make it that way wow that's why i always struggle with social media because i don't do it ever consistently and i always wait for like this perfect inspiration for the most perfect post or the most perfect take or the you know, it's up to, yeah, this pedal setup's about here. My sound will come together. Yeah, do, right. But I'm going to need another. But it's like pedals. you just got to be consistent with it, and then, then you get better over time by doing it a lot. Yeah. How, how, so how is your integration into the business, the family business? The, Man, like, I how feel, much have you learned? I feel, I, feel, I feel fully integrated now. How long have you been? Um, almost two, almost three years. Dude, I've been teaching at the college all yeah. This is, I'm starting yeah. my fourth book up here. That's amazing. So what you need to do, have you written your book yet so you can have your kids buy your own book? No, I uh, know. That's uh, the real trick, I think. But I have a bound copy of my master's thesis in my backpack. Okay? Nice. Um, and I like, I'm just resorting. I'm like, these are my thesis books uh -huh. here. Like, there's <laughs> this big great. swath of martial arts books I use for my thesis. Yeah. Top shelf. But I mean, Aaron is so great. Aaron had built the business already before I came in. And so the, our only worry with me coming in was that I wouldn't produce the same quality of work that mm -hmm. she was already because she had already gone through like the early years and the early struggle in the white water and was very putting out very consistent, very high quality work. And so um that takes a lot of there's there's no way to fake experience and so i kind of had to like sprint to catch up for the first six months and so you know the first first few i did was first few weddings i did were for free because um we wanted to manage that expectation of what people were getting we didn't want to we wanted to be pleasantly surprised with what they got for free versus feeling like they overpaid for something that a beginner did. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. So the two times recently I thought about this pants you wore my way. Like a blue. No the pants or the or blazer. Oh, it's a blazer. It's a bla did you have it was like a set, right? I love that blazer so much. Was it just the blue it was blazer? Just a blazer. But the color it fit me perfect. It was the perfect, perfect color. I got that 
at my friend's wedding in California, we went to pick up our suits at like men's warehouse or whatever, and they had this blazer on clearance rack. And it was like the last of the day of the month, and the guy was trying to hit some sales number or something. He gave me like 50% off. It was a weird size because it was my weird torso size. Yeah. So it was like on clearance. He gave me 50% off clearance. It fit me perfectly, needed no alterations. And then I loved it so much. And I went to, I guess that is the wedding blazer because it, it, it's great. And then I went and did my, I was at my friend's wedding in St. Louis. And I, not sure exactly where it went. <laughs> uh, yeah, you weren't uh, talking about it past tense. Oh. Yeah, it was like it went. I, I didn't. I wore it to the rehearsal dinner, and then the the after party was at like a bar in a hotel in downtown St. Louis, and then uh, I don't remember. But it, I, I've looked for it. I've tried to find it. I've, I've ordered two different ones and they weren't it. So, yeah. It's funny how attached you can get to something like that. Did he have the matching pants or just the No, it's just a blazer. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. That's how great of a blazer it is. You yeah. think of it as a whole suit. I, I was. I was thinking it's about it as yeah. a whole suit, right? That's funny. Yeah. Here's a funny story. I ripped my pants. Sunday, this last wedding we were at Sunday. Were you like getting an extreme shot? No, nope. I was getting out of the car, like load, put I got a bag, held a case, and then uh, a dime fell out of the back of the car somehow. And I, you know, I always tell my daughter, don't, it never pays to get in a hurry. Don't, don't rush. It, you just, it just leads to more chaos and more mistakes. And so, but I didn't set my camera down I bent over to pick up this dime and I didn't have time or I didn't take the time to like do, you know, the little old man move where you hike your pants up mm. like around the mid yeah. thigh, you pull, you, you yeah. know, before you sit down. So you have to do that when you're wearing suit pants. Yeah. I didn't do that. Bent over. <gasps> all was, of, and this was all the beginning. This, this was, was during the unloading. I'm showing up to unload. And I was like, I just ripped my pants. And Aaron's like, what? And I'm like, yeah. I, and we had done we'd done three weddings in four days and like five weddings and ten that was this was like the fifth wedding in like nine days that we had done so all my backup clothes and stuff weren't in the car and uh i was like i have nothing and uh it's like very clearly ripped i'm wearing bright red briefs so there was like no kind of just like faking it and so luckily we were there we were showing up like 30 minutes earlier than we were supposed to be i jeff gordoned over to target and bought a pair of pants See, one of my favorite pants of all time came from target okay. yeah levi's, and, levi's 513 straight jean they're they're not tight pants but but the like some of my pants are too tight around yeah. my leg right These yeah are I'm going to get like all of the different colors. They got great colors. Yeah. These are great. I recently bought a pair of pants from, I can't even remember the place because it's not somewhere I'd ever shopped before. It was a similar, similar thing where I needed to buy a pair of jeans for a thing. And I was in, I was near us, a mall. And it was, uh, I, I can't even think of the name of it. Anyway, 
but I love them. I think I have these in Nashville at a Target, dude. If I'm not mistaken, I was going to see Widespread Planet. There you go. At the Ryman. The Ryman. That was awesome. great. That was great, dude. Um, Todd Snyder said in with him. We're seeing that dude Wednesday. Really? From today. Yeah. We went to the Grand Ole Opry at the Ryman. See, the, like, there was an awesome mall. Like, that's what made me think of. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's an awesome yeah, mall, mall by the Grand Ole yeah, Opry. Yeah, I know that mall. Yeah. I love Nashville. It did the food. Food. It's fantastic. Uh, that, that's one of my favorite places to go, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're stopping. The, we're doing a wedding in South Carolina, I think, or maybe West Virginia, or maybe Virginia. Somewhere over there, we're doing a wedding. We're stopping at Nashville on the way back for a couple of days. West Virginia became a state during the Civil War. Wild. Yeah. Wild story. So you know what else became a thing during the Civil War, according to the memes on the end? Uh, A1 steak. A1 steak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you we were going. I, yeah. A1 steak. Yeah. Oh, man. And Southern Baptist. Yeah. 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 Man. Yeah. Okay. So, you went. Did, did you get into the Bart Ehrman dude I told you about? I was just about to tell you about him. Realize I already told you the, the New Testament, the, G, the historical Jesus. I got it downloaded. I haven't started. Yeah. Third time. I mean, it's 24 lectures in the 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, but, the, but he teaches history of Christianity at Rutgers. Nice. And New Testament. So, yeah. But man, I, I turned right around and did his new courses on the New Testament. Uh, it's I'm great. excited to start. It, I started another Stephen King book, which is just. How many Stephen King books have you done? I've gone through every one of them. I'm like halfway. It's like 1988 right now. Uh, has Misery come out yet? Mm, I think I'm right there. I think I'm coming up next on Do that. you know who Billy Strings is? No. Okay. He's a famous bluegrass figure. Okay. Right. Um, he, he plays, he flat picks like Doc Watson. Right. Um, and people have been telling him he looks like Kathy Bates. The movie. Like he's yeah. like, people have been like, he cut his hair off. Right. But people have been telling him, they're like, dude, uh, like posting memes on, uh, like in Panic Stream and stuff, because he set in with Panic at the Ryman oh, also, yeah. dude. And this guy's like 25 or something, but people post pictures of him with short hair and it like make memes out of misery memes like and stuff. Um, so I'm reading that, and then I, I started a book about writing called just, it's called Story, and I'm obsessed with that right now. My friend Travis recommended that to me, so I have it next. I try to do a fiction and a nonfiction mm-hmm. parallel with me. At the same time, um, to kind of just keep balanced. I keep several different things, like, uh, and I go down little rabbit holes like that. Mm-hmm. I got on that Bart Ehrman dude, and I was like, turned right around and listened to another one of his yeah. courses. I did that with Ender's Game. I listened to Ender's Game, and I then the next thing I knew, I had done like twelve. There's like twenty books in that series, and I got to like twelve or thirteen before I kind of fizzled out. But they're up there. yeah, yeah. You ever read any of the Master and Commander series? No. You know, the movie uh, with Russell Crowe that came out? I know the movie. Big series of books. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, So, have you been, you got anything um, you've published recently that you've written? Are you writing anything? I'm still just trying to figure out this novel. I haven't been writing any short stories. I was doing really good with short stories, and I liked that a lot, and I had a high rate of getting it published. Yeah, you, you, had, you had several pieces. I started working on this novel and just, um, man, look at that. The chair He's for typing, yeah. No kidding. I need a, 
so your chair turns around so you can, came with two. You can sit in it like AC Slater at the oh, Yeah, dude. And it, well, see, this is you do this to kind of type. Like I was, I need to put that on shorter. Watch how tall this thing goes, dude. Take this off. What are these called? Uh, Capisco. That's the elitist way to say. It. I was saying Capisco. Okay. Yeah, it's up there. Right. It looks less flattering that high. See, like that would be like standing desk height. Okay. Right? But uh, I need uh, I just looked up the way to to knock this thing. I have to knock the other one out with a mallet. It sounds like something Mr. Gary can help you with. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I, may, I may attempt it after this. I'll say so. I've got some barn. I'm doing an accent okay. wall back there. I'm hanging all my guitars on my accent okay. That's cool. So. Clear up a bunch of space down there too, but uh, yeah, yeah, Pops is gonna have to help on that and uh, possibly the chair. Mm -hmm. What were we talking about? So good at uh, you, you, you've got a few things, yeah. I turned around, I distracted you. With I don't mine. know. Um, so my friend Travis recommended me this book, Story, and I'm I finished my book two times now and just don't feel great about it. And good sense would tell me to just abandon it and move on to uh, the next project. I already have like so many notes for the next book that I have in mind that I just should probably do that. But I just really in my uh, heart want to get a good version of this novel done, even if it never sees the light of day. Um, I just feel like I'll learn more from like properly finishing one than poorly finishing five. If, did, that, if that makes sense. Did you ever write any original songs, music, lyrics? Oh yeah. Did you feel the same the same way about those? Um, I about my. What do you mean? Well, I guess I guess you probably never tried. Like, did you ever like publish any poetry I mean, or, or lyrics or like? I recorded you, a bunch of songs that I wrote. Then you, you undoubtedly probably played them live on the oh, yeah. coffee shops or wherever. Yeah, people love it when you break out your own original songs that they've never heard before. But I did it all the time. Yeah, I yeah. So, but did you feel? Um, because people talk about what you said about your novel like all the time. I thought, God, I can't, I can't put it out. Like, dude, it's the same thing about like uh -huh. uh, my pedal board down here. I yeah. joked about it, but it's like I need the next pedal before my sound really comes together. It's like you're never quite happy with what you've. Uh, See, I, I, I know that feeling of like that's kind of part of creativity is like you're never quite done with it. It's like like Laura Michael says about Saturday Night Live. We don't go on because we're ready. We go on because it's Saturday night at eleven. And you just kind of, at some point you do just have to hit send, and that's how I feel about all my music. Is like it's not it's not perfect, but it's shareable. And I don't feel like I've gotten my novel. I I have shared my novel with a few people to read it, but I I think the premise of it, the kernel of the premise, is better than I did of telling the story of it. And so I'm go. I this book is called Story is just about the mechanics of story writing. And so I'm going back through one more time to try to get, make it easier to read. Because I feel like right now, if you push through, like my friends who love me and did me a favor by pushing through to get to the end of it, they liked it. But most people are not gonna be that 
uh, generous to a, to an author to a book they buy someone they've never read. Like they're kind of read the first thirty page. Well, the the first thirty pages are interesting. Then they're going to read thirty more and be like, "What is happening?" And they're never going to get to the last hundred pages. So I'm taking one more swing. I'm gonna I've got to kind of like allow myself six months of really trying to iron this out. But I, I do feel, I do believe that the, like the nugget of the premise is really good and relatable and timely. So. Um, have you talked to Eli Craner anymore? Oh yeah. I, I texted him. That back. He's like, he's like famous him. now. He's getting there. Yeah. Yeah. He is like a mild hero of mine. And I text him probably at least once a week. And he's very generous. He's still working at. Um, uh, he's still uh, teaching. Yeah, that's what he's. Uh, he's like working at the old high school over. Uh, yeah. What's that called Gardner? Yeah, I don't know what that building's called specifically, but. Um, he's doing that, you know, just until I don't know how. I mean, I I guess as soon as he's up, like I don't, I don't know. Maybe he'll do that forever, even after he publishes ten books. Yeah. He likes it. He's good at it. He's a good coach. Like he's a good teacher. He's he's he he's one of my biggest encouragers and just keeping me writing and keeping me in it when I get discouraged. Um, yeah, it it um it's a it's a weird maybe this guy maybe it's like this for him. I'm like asking, but like for me, like I love getting to teach history, like a lot. So just the fact that I get to do it, it's like a bonus I get paid for. Uh, it's like a major bonus that I that I get paid to do that. Mm -hmm. It's not a bonus of some of the other stuff I have to do. But um, I wonder, like some people just would not feel um, any reward. Like I, I, we got to a weird place with this business where I no longer have to. Right. To do the benefits and the retirement. Yeah. Like there's some incentives, but I'm just like. Just teaching the, the class and yeah, the, the, the Bart Ehrman books. I yeah, I understand. You know, because like I used to teach like guitar lessons and drum lessons on the side uh, in my previous life because we needed the extra money. And then, you know, like, you know, business has done well. We survived the pandemic. And it's like someone asked me the other day if I would do guitar lessons. And I was just like, mm -hmm. I don't think I. It just, it's not a good use of 30 minutes a week for me to ask your son if you practice this weekend and him lie to me if that he did when I can obviously tell he hasn't even touched his guitar since last <laughs> last lesson. And then, uh, so now it's gonna take us six weeks to learn this one song that he should be able to learn in one day, but he just doesn't care enough. But you, like that, that doesn't, it's not worth it to me to do that anymore. I did. I so understand with private saying. lessons out here. Like I still work with Nickets from Sign Up. That's it. Right, but dude. Sometimes, like I had to like check myself because some dude was just like, like expecting that I. He was expecting that I would do personal training with him, and I was just like, dude, you're a new white belt, and I'm not letting you twerk on me. <laughs> and if I did. It would be very expensive. Like, <laughs> dude, like, I mean, for, and he goes like two, three hours with me, but when I go see that coach, it's like 125 bucks a session. Yeah. 
it, because it's like that is busy. but that's the value of the time yeah, yeah like I that's a, in yeah. i don't know if i could put a with with yeah everything with, with here in the university and personal stuff i like this podcast yeah i just can't yeah because ultimately i work so that i can live and if it doesn't feel like living to me i i don't i don't need to add more work to my schedule and so you know because we get that sometimes with the photography like oh why don't y'all why don't y'all shoot any weddings in town why are you always in little rock or why are you always in tulsa and it's like oh because they they pay more you yeah know? so it's like that way we can do as few weddings as we have to to live our life i know man it is like you're just and trading so, pieces of your life yeah and it is really like an economy of time that's why the, really honestly like this whole thing you see to here at the gym was not financially motivated. Like, oh, we need more classes. More mm-hmm. It was literally so we could get home at like before eight o'clock. Yeah. If that's why we have multiple classes at the same time. Like most of the gyms I know are starting their last class, which would be a class of people like you and I would come mm-hmm. from like adult martial right, arts. Right. It after eight o'clock. Wow. Class is an hour. Yeah. Like, so that puts you home at 10. Yeah. Like, are you going to eat dinner time? before? Like, right. I mean, it's just, what, did you get off at five? Like, it, it, that's tough, dude. I know. Like, we put it, I'm like, I'm like, okay, look, get here right after work, like 5 45. That's yeah. when my adult classes start. Or early in the morning. I'm out of here by 7 30. And it's great. I can't fathom doing other things and being here past 7 30 like that's that's where it's at yeah well, especially when you have children like it just changes how much you care about certain things like i watched so fewer sports than i did when i was like 22 because you know, i don't even watch the uh mma that much anymore well yeah um but it's just you just it really is there's how many hours in a week uh, hundred and twenty-four times seven is that what we're doing? One sixty-eight. Okay, so I was gonna say one seventy-six. So you're gonna sleep about six hours a day or eight, maybe. You know, you're gonna eat every day. You're gonna draw off all eight of the dog paws. Yes, like so. You're down to you know how many usable hours in a day? Ten. If that, you know, then you like you take your kids to school, you pick your kids up from school, or somebody has to do that. Um, or you, you, you know, so it's like, did you build commutes and bathroom breaks mm-hmm. and everything else into that? That yeah. that is a consistent. Like Jeff Woods mm-hmm. was talking about how he had like calculated the amount of years he had spent driving to Russellville from Conway every day, <coughs> years in the car. Yeah, over like a twenty-year period, like he has spent. A full year. Yeah. I I believe it. And it's just like, um, but this, this strangely slides into this conversation of like minimum wage and everything, because it's like people have to work like 50, 60 hours a week to like just barely pay their rent. Yeah. And like barely, barely pay their rent, barely pay for food. If they have a flat tire and the air conditioner goes out in the same month, there's not enough. There's just not enough. You can't do it. 
Dude, having a flat tire when I was in college is such a big deal. Devastating. Like, I, I remember what this is an incident. I was splitting around with these karate people, mm-hmm. and the dude was like 30 days late on paying me my part, right? Yeah. And because he just would cut me a check every month of because I had like 40 students. And um, I had a blowout and like I went in, he was late and I had not been giving him a hard time about it, but I was like, dude, I got to go buy a tire, man. And like, I'm like, I'm broke, man. I have right. no, I work on campus. So no, I'm no teaching martial arts, you know, and I want to ask my parents for money. I mean, I was like, just getting back into college and stuff. And he's like, like, just didn't handle it well. Ended up apologizing later, but I like that. I opened my gym like about four weeks after that. Yeah, I was just like, dude, this is not what we're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but um, yeah, I mean, I I've been thinking about that a lot with all uh, all of these uh, fast food, coffee, right. whatever, Starbucks, wherever. It, it can't. They're having problems uh, getting workers. Right, and it's because it's because you don't pay anything. Right. And inflation is, dude, our processing fees, like the amount of money I pay to take payments. We we deal with that too. Dude, it, got, it has gone up in insane amount. It's hard because it's the fastest way to get money from people is let them pay with the credit card, but you lose the most of it through the processing fees. Because if we tell them to send a check, it sometimes takes longer. Mm-hmm. And so, and then they forget and stuff, but yeah are you able to take ACH like run people's bank account we can it's just not a smooth for a because it's like a one time Mm -hmm. you know I think ACH works great for like recurring monthly things I think that's brilliant you know like I do that for a lot of the bills I pay but for like the client experience or for like a bride and groom client experience it's a little cumbersome and so if they don't know what that is it's kind of hard to walk them through it yeah what's a routing number it's that second batch of numbers on the bottom of the check that you don't right yeah it's like first you have to go find your checkbook because i don't um it's core core has uh, them in the drawer it's in the same drawer every time in the gym but it's like a it's it looks weird it's like a book with checks in it oh it's like like a big it's yeah, yeah, yeah yeah but it's not like hey it's Sent from our bank, you know. Right. I'm like, man, it's it's rough. I I never, I never can find it consistently. (laughs) But I don't know what to do about, um, and you know, that's just one of those things that somehow become politicized, like people earning a living wage. Like, like, how is there two sides of that issue? You don't. You think you deserve a living wage, <laughs> you, right? It's like you're you're working fifty hours a week and you can't afford rent at any apartment complex in the city. That same city you live in, Wh- who? How entitled do you think you are that you deserve that? Like, how did that? I don't know how that became. Except I actually do. Kind. Of, I started that Nixon Land series, mm-hmm. and it's amazing. And I'm only halfway through it. I did the Goldwater book and the Nixon yeah. book, and so I'm at like the late '70s. He just he just started his second term, so like he's about to get impeached and everything. So like every, right now he's like riding high. Everyone loves him. Um. Um. And so, but yeah, they he he really started. Nixon really started that. I guess Goldwater Goldwater did it more on accident. 
as far as like he was just kind of going off his instincts. He was just like a gunslinger, like yeah. I'll say whatever I think. And Nixon was a lot more calculated, had no political ideology at all. He just knew how to like manipulate the system and to take sides on certain issues to win certain voter blocks and everything. And he really kind of started that whole thing of like, oh, these lazy people, you know, yeah. and it's like, I, I don't know what people are supposed to do besides work a full-time job. And if they're like, if you're working a full-time, like there's such a big difference between like being mega wealthy and like just having enough money to pay all your bills comfortably. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how that, I, it's just amazing to me that people have taken sides on that issue earning a living wage. No, no, I'm not for that. You don't deserve it. Okay. I, I, I don't know what to yeah. tell you. I don't know how to, I don't know how to have a conversation with that. Yeah, no, I, I well, I think too, it gets, it's, it's like anything people get, get to, it's like, okay, it's a problem. Mm -hmm. And then people from both sides get to tossing in solutions or no solutions, right? That there should be no action. And then like, but then one side will toss out universal basic income or something like that. And then that's totally against the tenants of this. Yeah. And, and that's what I, I use this metaphor for some other day and take it however you want. But it's like, I was like, it's kind of like any religion, Christianity, whatever. Like they, they made up all the tenants and then they didn't think through like four or five parts. So you got to make them all make sense now. And then like somebody was like, but bro, what about that part? And you're like, well, oh, let me triple down on that. Well, quick. actually, yeah. Right. Because it's like, this is our side. Yeah. And so we're going to, you know, we're going to do whatever our side does. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't think I'll think of anything more insightful in that yeah. I'm not, I mean I'm certainly not qualified to talk on these issues yeah but you know I mean here's the thing you're definitely qualified to have like uh, levels of empathy for other human beings yeah like you know we run a small business yeah. we're trying to hire people we hire contractors all the time you know we contract developers all the time and so um, you know does that dude still play music oh yeah yeah Nice. Yeah, I didn't, dude. I hadn't seen or heard from him. We kind of stumbled into each other on accident, and we were in between. We had this guy from the U of O that was helping us, and he's he grad he just graduated, and he, so he's like you know, moving on with his life and furthering his career like a selfish person. Yeah, jeez. It's you know, uh, no, but he was great. He was so awesome. He was a hard worker. He was um, uh, reliable. And, but you know, he's just moving on to another phase of his life and we just happened to be looking. And then I stumbled into Michael who I hadn't seen in years. And he was also in between like what he was doing. And so he's going to start for us soon. And, um, yeah. but it's going to be awesome. Yeah, man. Um, we, we graduated together. Yeah. He was in, he was in my class. Yeah. Yeah. Well, dude, you want to go ahead and wrap it up? I think so. I don't have any. Do you do what? Do you do like a rapid fire thing at the end, or um, you should do? You should you should get like ten questions that you just zing everyone with at the end. I may have one of you. 
Great. Corey's going to knock the TV off the wall. You have a secret question? This is like a Paul Schaefer thing. Maybe. Let's see here. Yeah, like an Inglorious Bastards thing. Somebody made these. It was on. We didn't get to do all of them. Okay. If the moon was made of cheese, would you eat it? Yes. What about green cheese? Green cheese? Yeah. What's green cheese? Uh -huh. I guess so. I mean, I love cheese. So, yeah, I would eat if the moon was made of cheese. Would you eat it then? That would be amazing. You Look how expensive that cheese would be. That would be the most expensive charcuterie board. Charmoonery board. Oh, dude, Corey was all about the charcuterie board. I was like, can we have a real meal? Oh, it's great. Oh, it's a She's meal. That, tell me on that. You make the meal last like three hours. You just like, keep eating it. Keep eating we it. did that anyway. <laughs> After we went to the, the Jasper Cafe. Yeah, I love I love I'm going to. What would be the first thing you'd do if you won the lottery? Just pay my house off. I think any normal middle class person would just pay just pay off all the that they have. Yeah, right. Especially like that, you own a business. Yeah. Favorite film director? Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson of uh, what's a what's some Royal Tenenbaums. Okay, there you go. Hi, Jonathan Houston. I haven't seen mm. that forever. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. We're gonna be put after. I'm in the basement right now. Once the office is done, I'll move all my office crap into the office. You guys did somewhat recently bought a new house? Yeah, yeah, like five months. Yeah. And so we've done all the like living spaces, like the bedrooms and bathroom and kitchens, the living room. So now the office is being redone. Once I move my office out of the basement, we're putting a movie room down there. And I've got the whole projector planned out and everything. Oh, it's nice. going to be so good. Great. Like movie uh, seats? Mm -hmm. Well, we're going to do like kind of a, a plushy couch situation um so it's a little more comfortable co a little more cozy than a theater chair yeah. big couch that converts to a bed like they have these modular couches that you can rearrange them and it's a bed so it can double as a guest room oh nice but i had like this big decision of what's the first movie i'm gonna watch in my own theater so Wait, what's the royal tenenbaums is on the list the godfather then Long shot, maybe. Um, Pan's Labyrinth. Oh, Corey, I've watched that several times. I watched it somewhat recently. Uh, yeah, yeah I, dude. Oh, I just I love that movie so much. I saw it in the, like an indie. There's an indie theater in Springfield called the Moxie, mm -hmm. and I accidentally saw it there. I used yeah. I, I used to just go to that theater not knowing what even was showing, and. That, which is my favorite way to watch a movie. I don't like to even see movie posters. I definitely do not watch trailers because yeah, there's wow. so yeah, many. We talked there's so that. many spoilers, and so I would just go to the Moxie, one ticket, please. Sit down, whatever started. I would sit there and usually love it. Sometimes it would be kind of weird, but um, I saw the Pan's Labyrinth and just was. I just remember sitting in that seat like, this is perfect. It's a wild yeah. movie. That director like mortgaged his house or something to make that movie. He had no money to make no one would give him money to make that movie. And he had to like basically financially ruin his life to pay for it. Wow. Yeah. What year did that come out? Like oh nine? That would have been about oh oh yeah, probably oh it's fuzzy for me. Oh eight, oh nine. 
Yeah, so here's something I'm going to try to pull down the podcast. I mean, I'm friends with him on Facebook. But uh, when I was in Kentucky for Michael Ziggler's wedding years ago, mm-hmm. um, we drew Kogan and I were across the street from some weird movie theater inside of a mall. Yeah. That was one of the only like 50 movie theaters in the country that showed Boondock Saints 2. Really? Yeah. So we Ooh, saw it. There's a second. Yeah. Movie? All Saints Day, dude. It's yeah. I've never seen either one of those. The first one's called Classic. Second one's not bad. But Sean Patrick Flannery, Powder, Young Indiana Jones. Okay. Um, is a jujitsu black belt. No kidding. Yeah. That's a big thing in Hollywood, jujitsu, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a one of it's like a. I think that's such a strange lifestyle. I think that it's good. I think they like being centered or like the kind of like the Zen side of it. Yeah, it is like the self control, self mastery type. It is beneficial. I mean, Keanu Reeves does it, and yeah. Pitcher does it. Like, there's a laundry list. Of, of um, Vince Vaughn, I think. Uh, Scott Con. Oh, dude, here, guess he does this, and he was in one of my friends' Facebook pictures last night. Robert Duvall. Really? Yeah, dude's ninety years old. I was going to say he's got to be at least. Pedro Sauer. Hey, good for him. Yeah. I mean, that's all the reasons I love it for my kids. This is what you're saying. Oh, yeah. You know, it, I think it's, I think it's great. Yeah. Well, dude. All right. Well, great, great talking to you, Josh. It's time to start uh, talking in that tone of voice. Yeah. But, uh, time to go. Wow. I'm the worst person I'm getting. I always got mad because I couldn't get my mom off the phone, and now I'm that's me. I'm like, I'm like, well, I got okay, okay. Let me tell you three more stories. And so then the person's like, I'm late for work. I have to go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but I need to see you get some context right. on this last one, yeah. real quick. Let me first. Let me give you the back, the first story that sets up this actual story. And so then, how was your day? Right. This is me, Andrew, and that's a podcast. All right. Well, bye. Signing off.